you're listening to the Ladylike Podcast. Ladylike is the show where funny women tell disgusting stories. I'm your host, Jenna Gephardt. Welcome to the 100th episode. We, we, here we are. The big one, zero, zero, as they say. Um, so to mark the occasion, I've done something a little different this episode. And instead of talking to one person, I have collected eight short nasty little stories for you from some of our ladylike favorites who have uh, graced the podcast over the years. But before that, I do have a little uh, good news, bad news situation. Um, I'll start with the bad news. I'm taking a little uh, short hiatus um, from the podcast, and the reason is I have run out of live stories. Um, we haven't, obviously we haven't been doing the live show, uh, during the pandemic. And so I am really running out of stories. Um, so I'm going to take a little break, maybe for like, I'll be back in like a month. Um, but which brings us to the good news, which is that, um, we are going to be hosting a live ladylike show, um, outside in a backyard in Logan Square. And that will be happening on um, Monday, October 19th. So if you're interested in coming to the show um, and you'd like to reserve a spot, please email us at ladylikechicago at gmail.com and tell me how many people are in your party. Obviously, seating is going to be limited because it's in a backyard. So and we can't, you know, I'm trying to avoid the whole deadly virus situation. Um, so yeah, shoot me an email if you'd like to come. That's going to be on October 19th. And that is the third Monday of the month, baby. We're back. Okay, let's get going. Your first story comes from Ladylike producer Lucia Whalen. So I've always had a very overactive bladder and I need to do more kegels or something because if I laugh really hard suddenly, um, I might very possibly uh, flood my pants and... When I was in high school, um, I smoked a lot of weed, and I've had to stop doing that because I would frequently laugh so hard that I would pee my pants and um, need to leave whatever location I was at. And once um, I was with my friends, and we were smoking at my crush's house in his room, and we were so high, and... uh, he was telling a really funny story and he just landed on a punchline and I was sitting on his bed and uh, I immediately just released every fluid from my body onto his bed and there was a huge puddle underneath me and uh, I was completely panicking and didn't know what to do and so uh, I suddenly like started suggesting maybe we go and get some food or something and we we eventually all left and I was like last to leave the room and shut off the door shut off the light and uh and I was like okay phew I'm free they'll never know it was me and uh and I'll just blame it on his dog and um that night at 2 a.m I woke up to a phone call from him and I thought it was going to be, like, a cute, like, booty call. Um, and I was like, oh, because he was my crush. And I was so excited that he was calling me. And I um, pick up, and it's him and my friend, who Destin, who was also there. And they just say, did you pee on his bed? 
And I was like, no. And they were like, because there's a huge spot of pee right where you were sitting. And I was like, I just flat out denied it. I was just like, no, that's literally crazy. You think I just peed myself? Like, you guys are disgusting. And I just kept denying it and I blamed it on his dog. And I was like, I would never do that. That's disgusting. And I just denied it. Um, and a lot of people questioned me about it. And I just continued denying it. Um, pretty much till uh, last year when I openly tweeted about it. Um, yeah, um, I haven't peed myself in a while, but it's inevitable that it's going to happen again soon. Our second story comes from a contributor to Funny or Die and Clickhole and The Onion. Here's Grace Thomas. We sold our words for property. Hi, Jenna. Hi, Ladylike. Um, happy anniversary. Is 100 episodes an anniversary? I think so. Um, but congratulations. One of my absolute favorite podcasts. Um, this is Grace Thomas. Um, and here's my story. So recently, I had a bad infection in my colon, which made me shit blood for weeks. Um, and that's not the first time that's happened. Uh, I've... <clears throat> I'm a known blood shitter. Um, but this got kind of bad. Uh, and I wasn't gonna go to the doctor about it, but my partner M made me go to the doctor about it. Um, which was really great on their part because it turned out that in addition to this infection I also had E. coli um not the deadly kind but a kind that can be very bad over time I guess um so I had to take a number of tests to determine this um and one of the tests involved shitting in a hat uh, a little plastic cap that you put over the toilet uh, and it took me days, or like a day and a half to actually shit, um, which made me feel like a fraud, right? So I had just told my doctor that I was shitting blood all the time, that I had horrible diarrhea, and now all of a sudden I can't shit. I've got shit stage fright. Um, my butt's afraid of a little hat. Um... And it just made me feel like a total liar, like, that my doctor would think I'm some sort of freak who gets off on, um, getting my shit tested, uh, or something like that. Um, because once I finally did do a shit, it was rock solid. It was a rock solid shit. And then, on top of that rock solid shit, was just a spurt of diarrhea. It looked like, um... Just a single meatball and red sauce. Except the meatball was brown and the sauce was brown too. Um, so I was like, oh damn, is she going to think that I have this solid poop, took a chunk of the poop off, and then mixed it with water, and then put it back over the rest of the chunk of poop? Um, I was just getting way too in my head about it. Um, but the next part of it, is you have to scrape the shit from the hat into two little cups. Um, and what they give you to do this is a little 
little, little plastic spoon. When I say a little plastic spoon, I mean the width of half of my pinky finger now. Uh, it, a, a little plastic spoon is much smaller than one you would be given um, from an ice cream shop uh, for a sample. Um, which I guess makes sense. Um, if the point of this, this spoon was to eat a sample of shit, you probably would want a smaller sample of shit than a sample of ice cream. But I digress. It made it very difficult to scoop um, this shit into this cup, which was small, but not like as small in comparison to this incredibly tiny spoon. So I got poop, you know, kind of all over uh, the the uh, sink um, area. And, you know, I, I, I was kind of a hero. I cleaned it all up immediately um, because this is my partner. You never saw that shit all over it. No, no, honey. Yeah, so I did a good job. Um, but point being, I, I then took, I took my shit uh, off to the uh, hospital um, and it was, it was just red hot the entire time. Um, and, uh, I held it out to the, the lab assistant as if she was going to take it from my hand with her hand, even though it's a vial of shit and we're in a pandemic. And, um, she was like, no, place it in this designated area. Um, and I felt like quite a fool. But so yeah, point being, I had this 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 very um, intense infection, shat blood a bunch, um, and you know it won't be. It wasn't the first time I shat blood. It wasn't the last time I shat blood. Uh, but I did learn a lot along the way. Uh, thank you, Jenna. Thank you, Lady Like. Uh, here's to another hundred episodes. Love you all. Bye. Our next story comes from Chicago comic Elsie Howe. Hi, Jenna. Um, This is a quick, gross story. Um, One time in college, I came home to visit my parents, and I jumped back into my childhood bed. It was, like, really late at night, and I had just gotten done driving, so I was really tired. And as soon as I jumped onto my childhood bed, something smelled really bad and weird. And I turned on the light and on the pillow next to the one that I had been resting my head on was a dried cat turd. And I told my parents and they went, oh my God, did the cat poop on your bed again? So apparently while I was in college, um, the cat just kept pooping on my bed. Um, Thanks, happy 100 episodes. Next up, we have a story from Chicago performer Sonali Rapani. Okay, so the first time I ever hooked up with this one guy, it was after I had just moved into um, my apartment, and I didn't really have a lot of essentials. Like, I didn't have paper towels and... I think there was a lot in the laundry or something like that. So it was a little barren. Um, But we were hooking up and I asked him if he had a condom and he said no. And I was like, well, we're not going to hook up without a condom. 
And the only one I had was this bright purple one from a bachelorette party that I had just been to. And so we went ahead and used it. And after we finished, I went to the bathroom and I looked down and I saw that I was bleeding. And I was kind of stressed about it. And he was like, hey, are you okay? And I was like, um, no, I'm bleeding. And I was like freaking out about it. And then he comes into the bathroom and he looks down at his dick and there's blood all over his purple penis. And he starts gagging. He's like, oh, and I, and I was like, come on. I'm like, get it together. Like, I'm the one bleeding here. And he was just like, yeah. And like, I then I had to like get up, like, holding my vagina and I had to go walk over to him and rip the condom off and he's like thank you and I threw it away and then we didn't have anything to clean anything up with no paper towels or anything so I found like like a clean towel that was in the linen closet and he cleaned himself up with that gave it back to me and said what do I do with this and I was like can you just put it in the fucking garbage thank you bye and then we hooked up on and off for like the next five years okay see ya the next story you're going to be hearing comes from me So I have two short stories and they are actually about both of my parents. Um, A few years ago, uh, my parents got divorced. I'm an adult of divorce. So yeah, it's been really hard. Um, (laughs) But so since then, I've come home to, during the coronavirus, I've had time to come home and visit them. And each of them have taken this opportunity to have something really foul happened while I was home. Um, I'll start with my mom. So I'm staying at her house. It's nine in the morning and it was in the summer. I was like, Oh, I was so excited. I was going to go drink my coffee down at the, down at the lake, sit on the dock, like have a morning. Uh, but before I could do that, the cat had had a hot, wet liquid diarrhea. Um, and I was, my mom needed my help with that uh (laughs) that was my morning chore (laughs) this cat long-haired cat by the way uh so my mom (laughs) we need to wipe this shit off the cat because she's running around trying to rub it on stuff and so my mom's got the cat flipped upside down the cat is screaming and it was my job while my mom holds this cat ass up it was my job to wipe the liquid diarrhea off the off the cat's fur with a damp paper towel and it it and the cat is I cannot stress enough the cat is struggling the cat is so strong <laughs> and the shit that it took was like changed my life like I mean like I was gagging my eyes are watering I'm like I'm trying to help her but I'm like I'm like <laughs> 9 a.m haven't even had my fucking coffee yet and then after that, we kind of got the shit up, and then my mom just had to lock the cat in the bathroom without... She took all the rugs out of the bathroom and locked the cat in for, like, 30 minutes until the cat sort of took care of the... <laughs> took care of the situation. Uh, which brings us to my dad, and this is a gross story, but sort of in a different vein. Um, so he... 
he, he, there's a lot of red squirrels. I live in northern Wisconsin. There's a lot of red squirrels, and apparently he does not like them. He has beef with red squirrels. They Apparently they get into the walls and they chew the wires, and we don't like that because it could start a fire or whatever. So uh, he's in his little, ho- his little house that he lives in, and he, out of the window, he spots a red squirrel. And this is just something he does now is he opens his bathroom window and he shoots the red squirrels dead from the comfort of his own bathroom. Uh, and I, I did mention I live in Wisconsin. Uh, so I feel like that's, you guys get it. Um, but so, so he had been shooting them with a 22 and that killed him, but he'd recently got this new gun at an estate sale. And I just hate to nail it home, but I do live in Northern Wisconsin. So we buy guns at estate sales. Um, but it's like a spring loaded. It's kind of like an airsoft gun. And so he has not used this gun yet to shoot a squirrel but assumes that it can kill one and assumed wrong. Uh, <laughs> so he, he's aiming at this thing out the window. He shoots it. It doesn't die. This poor thing. It's clinging to the tree. It's like not good. So he's like loading up the gun again. He shoot, he shoots it another time. The thing, st- well, okay. So he shoots it again and I go, Oh my God, dad, is it dead? And he goes, dead as a doornail. And I go, I don't believe you. So we walk outside to go check, make sure it's all the way dead. It is super not dead. It's like crawling around this poor little red squirrel crawling around on the ground <laughs> in the wood pile. So then he picks up, he picks up a, a fucking log and starts bashing the squirrel with a log. But the log was like, had been like wet. So it's like the log itself is just falling apart in pieces and he's bashing and bashing. <laughs> it's not working. It was so fucking brutal and then finally he switches utensils and he he switches to um an old table leg from his great aunt's whatever table great aunt hattie's table and just fucks the squirrel up and then it then it was dead and then we went inside and had pie (laughs) the end Our next story comes from LA-based comic Maddie Silverstein. So when I first moved to Los Angeles, I wasn't really used to driving such long distances and I was also trying to drink like 120 ounces of water a day and I got stuck on the highway like I was just like getting onto the highway and I was like, oh my god, like I'm about to pee my pants and like highway is a dead stop like I can't even pull over um and so the only thing I could find was a Tupperware container that had um some like moldy curry food like I had made some curry so it was like moldy curry because I'm just nasty and left it in my car for too long And so as I'm, like, driving onto the highway, I, like, pull my underpants down and I rip open this nasty-ass container of Tupperware and I just, like, lift myself up in the driver's seat so I can, like, angle my crotch to, like, pee in this Tupperware container. And, um, yeah, it didn't exactly work, but it didn't exactly not work. I would say, like, most of the pee got in there and most of the curry did not get out of the container so that's definitely a success 
Um, but my car did not smell right after that um, for quite some time, and neither did my pride. Our penultimate story comes from the producer of the podcast, Ronnie Rage Radio. This is Megan Dirty. We sold our words for property. Okay. So um, one time I was hooking up with this dude. And by dude, I mean my boyfriend at the time. It was... He was my boyfriend. He, so we'd already banged. He he knew the the roads into town and out of town. Anyway, we were like, you know, getting hot and heavy. Um, and I was I was going down on him and I was I was doing I was doing a great job. I was doing the Lord's work. I was I was taking that dick like a champ. Um and <laughs> while I was doing the Lord's work, um, he was like, oh, uh, look at me. And I thought it would be like really funny if I like made, if I like made like a really weird face. Like if, you know, like when you like pull the corners of your lips in, so it just looks like you don't have lips and are just teeth. <laughs> And it was, it's like, I call it the golem look. <laughs> like, I like bulged my eyes. It made, like, curled my lips. So it was just my teeth. <laughs> so he's like literally in the middle of like being super turned on. <laughs> and the room's dark, I guess. I should mention that. And I thought it'd be really funny <laughs> if I like looked up with that face with that like freakish gone like girl from the ring face like oh i also had like my hair out in front of me like the girl from the ring (laughs) i did that and he literally like freaked out he like screamed uh jumped back which you know is a completely normal reaction it was really it was really messed up actually now that i think about it it definitely kill the mood we did not we did not have sex afterwards but was it worth it um yeah <laughs> now men know what it's like to be a straight woman during sex you're just fucking terrified <laughs> the whole time so it's a little fun halloween themed um prank that you can do on the person you're hooking up with if you want to uh ruin the night (laughs) and also we're not together anymore it wasn't because of that it was like for you know it was for other stuff but you know I'm sure this was like not a contender (laughs) staying together okay that's my story thanks bye And our last story comes from a ladylike producer. She's also a contributor at Cards Against Humanity. Here's Elise Fernandez. We sold our words for property. Okay, hi, um, it's me, Elise. Um, so this story happened in 2010. I was working as a um, salesperson selling cable door to door. Very glamorous. I know middle of winter out there in those suburbs, just hawking that AT&T U-verse baby. 
um, fiber optic, pretty good. Uh, but, um, about three months in, I got a promotion, which in hindsight is more of a lateral move, um, to go sell credit card processing to businesses. And in order to get this job, I had to go to a training for two weeks in LA. Um, now I'm 20 years old and I'm super fucking excited because I've never been to California before. Right. And you know how business trips work. If you know, it's just kind of like you go, they tell you the arrangements and you're there. Um, so we land at LAX and I'm like, oh, where are we staying? Are we staying in West Hollywood? Or like Los Feliz? Or like, what are we doing? And they're like, we're staying in Rancho Cucamonga, California. Um, famously where, uh, Bring It On is based. Um, <laughs> um, and so we get to this hotel. It's like very like seventies porn pad, obviously very my style now, but at the time it was pretty skeeved out. Um, And I was staying in a room with a woman named Jameson, so that was a problem. Um, And uh, we were right down the hall from everyone else we were there with. It was like 10 of us, and um, we were all like bonding and having a good time. They taught me how to play poker. I was having fun. I was like, you know, hanging out. And the next day we get to this training, and it was... Uh, more than I bargained for. A lot of math. Didn't expect that. So I was uh, not pleased. And um, I had this coworker. He was actually my supervisor at the time. His name was Matt. And he was very like gracious and helpful. And he really just kind of like saw that I was having a lot of anxiety about it and helped me through and was very kind to me. Um, and after work that night, everybody wanted to go to um, the bar. But I was 20 years old. My fake ID said I was 28. Uh, her name was Megan Callahan from Springfield, Missouri. If you're listening, hey girl, thanks for the good times. Um, but it was definitely not going to work at any of the bars that they were going to go to, and I didn't want to be stuck out there. So I was like, hey, I'm actually just going to stay in tonight. And Matt was like, hey, I feel like staying in too. Let's hang. Okay, very cool. Um, so we just like we're hanging out. We had a few beers. We're talking. We're like watched some TV. It was like very very chill. And we got drunk enough that he uh, optioned the idea of sneaking into the hot tub, which I was very down for. And um, we got down to the hot tub, and the gate was locked. Um, and now you can't see me, but what I will tell you about me is that I am not a, um, I'm not a, uh, I'm not cat-like in any way. I'm, I'm, I'm a tall. I'm a large lady. I got a lot of curves in the right places. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not the kind of woman who can scale a fence. And so he kind of like hoisted me up in a very graceful way. And I was like, Oh shit. Okay. This is actually super hot. We get into the hot tub and, um, you know, hot tub thing starts happening. We start making out, um, and we're like fooling around. And, um, at one point I am laying outside of the hot tub, my legs strewn over his shoulders as he's going down on me from inside the hot tub. Honestly, very hot. Okay. Very porny. You're welcome for the visual. Um, (laughs) and I hear a noise come from behind and I got startled and I slammed his head into the side of the hot tub. Okay. His nose was bleeding, but we prevailed. (laughs) There was no one there and we kept going. Um, if you have never had sex in a hot tub, I will tell you that it is uh, overrated. It is uncomfortable. It it feels wet and also dry. Uh, it's not good. It's all friction in all the wrong places. So it was kind of painful. But if you've had sex in a hot tub, the last thing you want to do is climb a fence to get over the fence, right? Um, and so 
I am now like fully spaghetti legged, you know, trying to get over the fence. And he has also been in the hot tub for just as long stewing and also doing a little bit more work than I was doing, if I'm being totally honest. Um, and, uh, he kind of like lifts me up with my butt and I really try and get myself over, um, and snagged and got a little cut on my boob, you know, that, that hurt. That's not really important to the story, but it, it did, it was, it was an owie, um, Anyway, <laughs> I'm going to run out of time, but, um, we hooked up again in the hallway of that hotel. And when he put his hand on my pants, he lifted up and it was covered in blood. Um, cause I had gotten my period also because he popped my cherry and that was the way I lost my virginity. Anyway, when we came back to Chicago, I found out that he, um, uh, was engaged to a woman that he now has twins with and they look exactly like him. And that is what he deserves because he is not cute. Anyway. Okay. That's my story. Uh, my name is Elise Fernandez. I love you so much. And I miss you. Goodbye. You've been listening to the ladylike podcast. The stories you've heard today have come from Lucia Whalen, Grace Thomas, Elsie Howe, Sonali Rupani, Jenna Gephardt, Maddie Silverstein, Megan Dirty, and Elise Fernandez. I'm Jenna Gephardt, and this podcast has been produced by me. If you'd like to check out our live show, it happens every third Monday of the month at Cafe Mustache in Logan Square. The live show is produced by myself, Lucia Whalen, and Elise Fernandez, and the theme song is from Natalie Grace Alford. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and please rate and subscribe this podcast, and we'll see you next week.